0: This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 82, recorded on October 30th, 2017. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we've got a crazy, potentially tampered with World Series to talk about. We'll also talk about the potential of slick baseballs in the World Series and even like the ALDS. Talk about Indians Gold Gov finalists and Jose Ramirez's agent being, um, let's just say, unprofessional. And of course, we'll answer your questions. Before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody listening live now or on Facebook or wherever or whenever you may be tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and consider leaving a review. Joining me for all this and more, as always, is Jason Lucart. Jason, how you doing?
1: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm a lot calmer than I was on <laughs> October 30th last year. Uh, this, this time last year, the Indians were in the process of, of losing Game 5. So uh, I guess there's something to be said for your team not being in the World Series easier to relax
0: oh yeah especially one like this i mean it was we'll talk about it in a minute but it was bad enough being in the one last year uh, i would not like to be a fan of either team but not being a fan of either team is really fun to watch um, i don't know if you use like time hop or see your old facebook post or anything but was it kind of depressing seeing all those come back up over the last few days
1: uh fortunately like i don't use twitter the only social media i use for baseball really um so i've been spared any reminders like that on facebook
0: oh yeah yeah and now's definitely a time where i'm gonna start seeing them about the losing which because i remember last year it was game five was really uneasy and it was by game six like midway through i was like all right i'm done i am emotionally dead (laughs) and by game seven i was ready to lose so the next few days are going to be fun to look back and at least we'll have something else fun to watch which speaking of this world series has been insane um i think last time we talked it didn't start yet and we were just previewing it i don't think either of us expected it to be quite this good um game two was a classic on its own that went into extra innings and last night was i mean i didn't watch it we were talking about before the episode before the we started recording but it was like 5-1 i thought maybe i'll watch it and then maybe not I just went to bed but i woke up and it was like 14 to 13 and there were extra innings and all kinds of insanity so i guess last night was another probably better than game two one of the best world series games ever so what do you think of so far the world series jason
1: uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, a series like this is is a is a lot of fun if you don't have a real rooting interest. Um, you know, all of the games, I guess, other than, well, yeah, all of the games have been competitive. Though, so, you know, there were they're all one or two run games except for Game Four, and Game Four was tied until late. Um, so it's been five competitive games. Um, last night's game, I don't even have the words. Uh was <laughs> <it's> bonkers. <laughs> I, I do. It, one of the things that's been talked about some today uh, is some people felt like, as much fun as last night's game was, there's also something that feels sort of off about it. Like that many home runs, that many pitchers who just couldn't get anything done. Uh, that to some extent, it sort of doesn't feel quite like normal Major League Baseball. There's something a little, I don't know, maybe video gamey about it. Um so I think last night was great but if every game was like that I think it I do think it would start to feel a little like
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah I don't know, yeah. yeah something about it. I mean, most,
1: yeah. I had a ton of fun watching the game. Um but I do think and sort of in game 2 too, because game 2 there were eight home runs. Uh I feel like we're baseball's gotten a little home run heavy. Uh a little. And so the runs don't feel quite as fantastic as maybe they otherwise would. I mean, some of them did last night. Uh, and some of them you just sort of – I was laughing because it was like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Uh-huh. Um, but the world, this World Series has already set the record for most home runs in the World Series, and they've only played five games. Uh, this postseason has already set the record for most home runs in a postseason – um, and overall, offense isn't actually even that high this postseason. Um, it's just when guys are getting hits, they're home runs. Like almost twenty percent of the hits this postseason have been home runs, uh, and the previous record high for a postseason was like sixteen percent. Uh, so it's fun, but I I hope this isn't permanent because it and this regular season also set the record for most home runs. I feel like there there's an appropriate balance and there's some range for variance within that balance, but right now I think it's tipped a little too far towards home runs.
0: Yeah, it doesn't, I don't like, I mean, it's not a good thing to say in overall, but I don't like the direction that it looks like baseball is heading. I'm I'm hoping it'll adjust one way or the other, but I mean, right now we're looking at games that are all just the three true outcomes. You either strike out, you um, strike out home run, or why am I forgetting the last one walk? Um, And then it's like seven, eight bullpen pitchers come in and, that's not what I like. I like home runs, but I don't like a mass of them. I, I like seeing single. Like as, as frustrating as the Royals were to watch a couple years ago, that's the kind of team that's also fun if you don't hate the team so much. Because I like seeing singles. I like seeing baseball things happen, and that's not at all what happened is happening. If if the rest of the season was normal, like like last year's kind of thing, this World Series would be insane and it would be unique and fun. But this is just what we've been seeing all season long, whether it's juice balls or like slick balls or whatever's going on. It's just more of the same we've been seeing it's it's exciting but it's not as what's what it look like unexpected as it could have been in any of their season like if this happened last year or like, like five years ago this would be crazy but it's just not the same kind of baseball that i hope we see in the future i hope if the if mlb has done something this season i would hope it gets reversed one way or another you mentioned the, the whole video game thing which is a good way to describe it um but like i was playing mlb right now or a different game this is where i would go into the sliders like all right i'm getting too good at something i'm going to turn it down and because every time I have one of these games in like Madden or MLB or whatever, I always think something's going wrong, so I got to switch the settings somewhere. And if I was MLB in a way, that's kind of what I would be doing. And and sort of on that subject, uh, Justin Verlander and Yu Darvish—they both claim the balls are slicker. Uh, they said it's the grain in the leather it feels like, and what that would affect most is that it would um, be the sliders, which also those same balls were in supposedly in the World Series, the ALCS, and ALDS. It could maybe explain why the Indians, uh, why Corey Kluber and Andrew Miller didn't look great. Uh, The Indians did throw the second most sliders in the American League this year, but that argument kind of falls apart when the number one team with sliders was the Yankees and their pitchers were pretty good in the ALDS. So if it did affect the Indians, it supposedly affected the Yankees too, but that's another thing. If If the MLB is just throwing out weirdly constructed balls in the playoffs, that's another kind of thing i don't like um i mean i think they denied it last i saw i know that they denied the juice ball i don't know if they denied the uh the slicker balls yet but is that something mlb is doing i'm not a huge fan of it just switching balls like that but did you see anything about that the slick balls and
1: yeah i also saw like people who you know dig into uh you know i don't know if it was pitch f it wouldn't have been pitch fx um but like some of the kind of stuff that they track at Brooks Baseball, basically saying that in terms of uh, the spin rate and, and that sort of stuff with with season pitches, that there's nothing about the postseason data that makes it look like there's anything different from the regular season. Um, so I tend to think that's not really a thing. Uh, Which isn't to say the pitchers are, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like, because home runs are are so high right now that so many pitchers just, it feels like something has to be different. And I feel like that's one of those things where you start sort of, you convince yourself of something that's maybe not actually going on. I do think the ball is juiced, which is a different thing. Um, And there is data that going back to now, I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2015 all-star break, um, but that, there's a huge spike uh, and baseball has said, oh, you know, all of these balls fall within the range of, you know, like our acceptable yada, yada, yada. But someone pointed out that their accepted yada, yada, yada uh, is pretty broad. And so a ball that does technically fall within the range could still be significantly different than the ball two years ago. Um, so I do think the baseball is different. Um, not, not, not post from regular season, but I think just, now compared to two three years ago, uh, and I hope they. I guess it's a tighter ball, so I, I guess I hope they loosen it back up a bit. Because um, like I said, I I feel like it's tipped too far that way. That said, last night's game was bonkers. Uh, it was it was fun. Uh, I'm so glad I'm not a Dodgers fan because I would have died like five times last night to to have the lead three times and blow it three times and then lose in the end. To keep coming back and losing, it was a lot like Game Seven last year. Um, but spread out over an even longer amount of time uh, but as someone who doesn't particularly care all that much about the Dodgers or Astros it was a lot of fun
0: now do you think um, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase would it be worse was it worse as an Indians fan being up 3-1 and then each game is another collapse another heartbreak or is it like more heart, more harder more difficult to be like a Dodgers fan where it's going up and down and you're excited you're sad you're excited you're sad um, which would you rather have? Cause I mean, for the Indians, we had, what was it like four games where we felt really good and then it was just three total disasters, but the, the Dodgers and the, even the Astros are going up and down with everything. So, I mean, I think I'd be prefer to be either the Dodgers or the Astros fan compared to, I mean, cause the way it ended with the Indians, it was just so depressing at the end. It almost overshadows the first few good games. And if you're the Dodgers or the Astros, you have good games throughout the whole series to look at, I guess.
1: For me, what happened with the Indians, uh, having a significant lead whether it's in the game or in a series and then losing for me is the worst possible thing I would rather I think I'd rather get swept than do what the Indians did in the World Series last year and did in the ALDS this year and did in the ALCS in 2007 and oh my gosh make it stop Um, for me being super close and then letting it get away from you is is the worst case so um, last night's game for the Dodgers was sort of a single game version of what the world series felt like as a whole to me last year absolutely
0: uh, and then natasha turpets on facebook she wanted to know do you think the indians would have taken a series against houston or the dodgers um i guess you kind of had to look at assuming the indians didn't collapse in upon themselves in the alds if they made it to the astros would they beat the astros and i guess would they've also beat the dodgers they would have made it to the world series what do you think
1: I mean, this is such a boring answer, but, like, I think they definitely could have beaten either team, and I think they definitely could have lost either. Like, those are the three best teams in baseball this year, and all three of them were great teams. All three of them won 100 games. Um, I, I was talking with a couple of Indians fans who, after the ALCS, were like, man, the Indians would have killed the Astros. And it's like, I, like, based on what? Like, I mean, the Indians have... The best starting rotation, but the Astros, once they added Verlander, had the second best starting rotation and the Astros have the best offense in baseball. Like, it's not that the Indians weren't as good as them, but I think the notion that, like, they clearly would have just crushed the Astros. Um, the only example of that for me is in 2007. When they lost the ALCS to the Red Sox and then the Red Sox swept the Rockies, it's like the Indians would have beat the Rockies. Uh, So that's the one to me where it's like if they would have just won that series, they would have won the next one. The Astros and Dodgers are both great teams. Uh, I, I wish we had gotten to find out, but I don't think either team would have had a significant edge over the other one overall.
0: Yeah, I don't think, unless unless we like assume everything that happened in the ALDS still happened, like if Corey Kluber had some kind of injury, that's kind of no. Like, there's no way I think they had a chance against the Astros or the Dodgers. Um, Weren't the Indians one of the few teams that had a winning record against the Astros this season? I know it doesn't mean anything. It wouldn't be predictive, but that's something to look forward to.
1: And those games were all like when the Indians weren't even playing that well. Though I mean, if yeah. they played them in like April and May, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, uh. I don't know if there's like something that the Indians have. That they do well the Astros can't do well? Or was it the timing or what? The
1: Indians have a better bullpen, and we're seeing the Astros' bullpen as a mess. Um, But the Astros' starting pitching is almost as good, and the Astros' offense is better. Um, I think it would have been a great series. I mean, Astros-Yankees was a great series. Astros-Dodgers right now is a great series. Like, Major League Baseball this year was really... I tried to come up with this word last week, too. And then, like, Tuesday, the day after last week, I was like, that was the word I was looking for, and I can't think of it again. <laughs> uh, there's no parity. It, it's super top-heavy. There's, like, a small number of really good teams uh, and a bunch of junk teams. Like, there's no one who missed the playoffs in the American League that it's like, oh, man, they, they were a great team. It's too bad they're not there. Uh, and same thing in the National League. I, I feel like... Uh, Almost every division had one great team, and then the NL West and I guess the AL East were the only teams that, you know, I just feel like there were a lot of potential great series involving the Indians this year that they could have won, Uh, but the notion that if they had just beaten the Yankees, you know, they'd have won the World Series last night or something like that, I think is is wishful thinking that you can get away with because no one can ever prove you're wrong.
0: You know, I think the baseball being top heavy. That's that's the way I think I prefer it. The way it's been, uh, like we're seeing now, it produces so many better playoff series. Um, I guess even if I wasn't a fan of a winning team, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would still feel this way. But I think it's a result of so many teams that are they're going the full dismantling route and then rebuilding through the draft. Um, there's just so few teams that just reload now and hope to be mediocre and maybe sneak into the playoffs. It's if you're not going, you trade away everything and you go all in for a rebuild. Um, I don't I don't consider that tanking, but um, that's just what people are doing now. It's what we saw. So many teams, if if you're even like the Royal, well, I guess the Royals are dumb and went all in, but if you're just another team that's halfway in at the, the trade deadline, there's no point in just kind of trying to limp in. If you're going to risk everything in the future, it's all just burn it all down now and go for the future. I think more fans are more understanding now than they've ever been to that because they see the teams that are doing well that have built through that. I mean, there's still probably franchises like the Yankees and the Dodgers who if they tried to do it for so many years, fans would get up in arms about it, but. It's just the right way to do it now, and it's just the way teams are doing it. There's also the fact that, I mean, like the Yankees and the Dodgers, they have so much more money. But even them, they are all—it's all players they brought up through their own, their own systems mostly. They just—they just can afford to pay them after they get the free agency, which is another big thing. But there's just no more grabbing a bunch of free agents and hoping it works. And then you have a bunch of mediocre teams and a couple bad ones and a couple really good ones. It's you have enough really good ones to fill out a playoff bracket, and then a bunch of bad ones. Which. I don't think is the worst thing in the world. If they're not going to be in the playoffs, I don't really care if they're bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think certainly, and we talked about this, I think it was during the NBA, NBA finals that if you're not a big fan of a sport, a small number of super teams is better than a bunch of okay teams. Because if you're not a huge fan, you tune in towards the end and then it's great to watch great teams playing each other at the end um for me for baseball uh it's pretty dependent on the indians being one of the teams that happens to be good when the indians were bad and the yankees and red sox were winning every year uh my my tune about what i preferred would have been very different
0: (laughs) yeah see mine isn't like that even then i preferred i mean i always prefer my team to be a good one but I'm perfectly fine with having a few super teams, I think, which is I don't think that's gonna change anytime soon unless somebody finds a better way to rebuild than what the Cubs and even the Indians I don't have done. I don't think I mean I don't think it can be like the NBA just because a couple players can't
1: make the same difference that they can in oh, the, yeah, NBA. Never like the NBA. No. And and high draft picks aren't the same certainty that they are, uh or you know, relative certainty that they are. I mean it's you know, the the Astros uh you know, certainly they, they they bottomed out, but they could just as easily have drafted players who aren't Carlos Correa and aren't Alice Bregman and aren't, uh, you know, the guys they have, they could have had the same draft picks and ended up in a much, with a much worse collection of talent. So the bottoming out was part of it. I frankly think a really smart front office uh, is going to put together a good team at some point, no matter what. So I think it's more teams that have smart front offices, which is one of the nice things about being an Indians fan is their front office has been really strong for a long time. Um, So I I do think we'll continue to see, you know, teams that are are really, really good. Um, But I don't think it's moving into an NBA model where, you know, the Cavs and Warriors were just, we're going to be in the finals each
0: of the last three years. Yeah, it'll never be that bad, and it's, it's, that's one of the things I like about baseball too. Is that it takes so much skill to build a team. You can't just grab a few and do it. It's really, I mean, you can just look at the Dodgers. They're they're in L.A. They could have had a ton of money if they wanted it, and they, I mean, now they got Andrew Friedman, all those people from the or the the Rays. They also have, I think, Alex Anthopoulos works for them now too. But they have a really smart front office to but a really smart team, and other in the World Series. It just, it just happened. I like when the the fact that a sport where the smart people can build a smart team makes it really fun. Um, So our next thing here, enough World Series. We'll go back to the Indians. Um, Gold Glove finalists were announced. I'll just kind of run them down and we can go back and talk about them. Um, The first, the three obvious ones, Francisco Lindor at shortstop. He's against Elvis Andrews and Angelton Simmons. Jose Ramirez is actually nominated at third base um, against Manny Machado and Evan Longoria. Jan Gomes at catcher against Martin Maldonado and Salvador Perez. And the, the maybe surprise, just because it's his, what is his first... First full year at first base. No, I guess last year was his first full year at first base. But anyway, he's up against Eric Hosmer and Mitch Moreland. Um, So yeah, Jason, I imagine you have to be happy about the Carlos Santana one. And I think it's pretty well-deserved.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do too. I think it's largely well-deserved because there aren't, like, standout defensive first basemen in the American League. Um, But he's turned himself into a solid defensive first baseman. uh, And, you know, I don't get too worked up about the gold gloves because in a lot of ways they're, they're sort of silly and, and arbitrary in a way. Um, but certainly it was fun to see him there. Um, and, you know, all four of the guys, I mean, it's, it's, even the stuff you don't, even the stuff I don't super buy into, it's still fun to see Indian guys, you know, chosen for it. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. Santana was, was the most fun for me since he's, he's my favorite on the team And uh, it sort of feels like another uh, F you to all the people who have (laughs) criticized him over the
0: years. I do agree to a point that it's because there's no great defensive first baseman. I mean, Mitch Moreland was pretty good, but Aaron Cosmer was abysmal. He's just there because I have no idea, but he's not going to win. But I think he's been pretty good. It's not just the fact that there's no other good first baseman. He's he was a legitimately good defensive first baseman this year, I think, which is a huge step up compared to even like last year when he's a first baseman or God help us when he was a third baseman or even a catcher. So that's been quite a transformation. And the fact that he he can sort of, he can stand in the outfield and not be a total disaster. So I don't know. I hope that doesn't help him with free agency because I hope the Indians get him. But if it does, that's go Carlos.
1: Well, I mean, just touching on how the gold gloves work though. I mean, you said Hosmer wasn't any good, so he's not going to win. I agree he wasn't very good this year. I also think he's going to win because I think that's how the gold gloves work. Like, I think if you want to figure out who's going to win at every position and you know nothing about any of them, whoever's won the most of them before, I think that's where you put your money because I think, you know, however the voting plays out, there's a certain amount of just sort of momentum with it of like, oh, yeah, he's won gold gloves before. He's a good defender, so I guess we should vote for him. And so the same guy ends up winning. Uh, and he's won three of them before. Same thing. I think Perez probably wins at catcher. Uh, and, you know, maybe he was better back there than Gomes and Maldonado. Maybe he wasn't. Uh, but I feel like, when in doubt, go with a the guy they've given it to before.
0: So then what about shortstop, do you think? Because obviously Francisco Lindor won it last year. Did he win it last year? Or did Simmons? I think yeah, Lindor he won did. It. Yeah. Yeah. But this year... Um... I mean, it's it's by statistics, it's Simmons by like a mile. He's he's first among AL shortstops with 32 defensive runs saved. Lindor is the second with five, so that, that's that's yeah. that's a minor difference. That's like Lindor last year is what Simmons is, um, but I mean, Lindor has the name recognition. He has the fact that he won it last year, and he he was, his team was in the playoffs. So all those things that aren't defense could end up winning him the Gold Glove. Which as much as I love Lindor, I don't think it's entirely fair because Simmons has been. Amazing on defense, and even his bat was a little bit better this year, which again is another thing that shouldn't affect it, but it does.
1: All of the things that could keep Santana or Gomes or Ramirez from winning are what could yeah. let Lindor win again. Uh, and he's you know, he's a great defensive shortstop. Uh, Simmons is the best defensive shortstop in baseball, like, there's I don't think there's no plausible question about that for anyone who's really looking at stuff. Um you know, I'm not gonna cry any tears for him if Lindor wins, I'll be happy for Francisco. Um but Simmons is the best short in baseball defensively.
0: Yeah, it's yeah I mean last year it was close with Lindor, but this year it was a sort of a down year defensively for Lindor and it wasn't even close. Um, Ramirez is it's interesting that he's at third base with Machado and Longoria. I don't I don't know I'm not that interested in that one. I I don't think Ramirez is going to win it. I think probably Lingoria just again, like all the things we just listed, I don't think it's going to be Ramirez or it's even might be Machado, but I don't think it'll be Jose, especially also because he moved to second base, which that might come into voting. And But speaking of Jose Ramirez and second base, um, his agent, Rafa Nieves through the, the Wasserman media group who represents Jose Ramirez. Um, I believe they do or did represent Edwin too. Maybe they don't anymore, but I thought the name came up before anyway, in a tweet response, um, MLB Trade Rumors, they had a post that said, basically, what what should the Indians do with Jason Kipnis? And Nieves quoted the tweet and said, a, l- a nice little trade with Toronto. So basically, he's just saying he wants the... He doesn't want, but he just said, the Indians should trade him to Toronto. And obviously, that's a little weird, because Jose Ramirez and Jason Kipnis are teammates, and Nieves represents Ramirez. Um, I'm sure this... I hope, anyway, this doesn't cause anything in the clubhouse, if there wasn't anything already, but... It's just kind of a dumb thing that happened in the offseason on Twitter. Do you do you carry any weight with it?
1: Uh I mean in terms of it being like a pretty weird thing for an agent to have done. Uh it feels like something like Jose Ramirez's cousin might tweet, or, you know, just some random fan. Uh but but to be an agent and to be that unsavvy uh it's just i don't think it's a big deal but it is it's sort of an awkward thing uh and i also find myself wondering like why toronto like when he was putting the tweet together like <laughs> was there a particular reason it was toronto?
0: i don't think toronto really needs a second baseman do they i can't think of who they have but i don't think they need one i don't but, that is a, just a random choice i, I guess
1: Jose Ramirez is a better player than Jason Kipnis at this point. Yep. Uh, I I feel like all of the Kipnis shouldn't be the second baseman anymore stuff got blown up really big in a hurry for reasons I don't totally agree with. Just because the difference is really, do you want Urshela at third base or do you want and next year I don't even know who it would be because of you know potential free agent losses. Whoever else in the outfield, and Urshela just can't hit. I don't. I mean, I, his defense is nice, but I don't know why there's such a strong push to put together a lineup that has Urshela in it when he's a, been a terrible hitter at the major league level. Uh, I'm I'm not convinced that the Indians' best lineup doesn't still have Kipnis at second base to keep Ramirez at third and keep Urshela out of the lineup. And if, if Kipnis is going to the outfield and Ramirez is staying at second, then I think the Indians are in a position where they should be looking to find a third baseman because I don't think... And I was I really wanted Urshela to work out a couple of years ago, uh, and maybe he still will, but I, I don't, I've don't. i never understood in the last few months why so many people have been like, good riddance to Kipnis at second base.
0: I think it's safe to say you're uninvited from the Yanni Diaz club. So I don't know if you're invited in the first place, but didn't even mention him, so you are disinvited if you ever were in the first place but that's another well, option at third i mean that's the bat half of the Urshala diaz combination it's that might be a little bit less defense but
1: but it's the bat half and he has he hasn't hit either you he keeps getting talked up as the bat half but where is the bat it's still in triple a that's the only place it's ever been
0: he was i'm looking up now but wasn't he really good in the last couple months which is only a couple months but he was also only bad in a couple months
1: he might have been really good for a week or two somewhere in the last couple of months. <laughs> I think it was problem. more than a
0: week or two no, let me look real quick. But I think, I don't know, if if Brantley doesn't come back, that's an interesting thing to deal with with Kitness. Um, that's, I mean, do you easily just put him in left field or do you maybe like put him in center and let Bradley Zimmer go in left because you trust Zimmer to be more versatile? I don't know. I think Kitness showed he's not a great I don't think
1: is a center fielder for a number of reasons, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it partially it depends on how the outfield shakes out and what sort of need there is there, but, um, and I know we'll get more into Indians roster stuff next week when the World Series is over and qualifying offers and things like that are starting. But uh, I would not be so quick to push Jason Kipnis out of out of second base, much less out of
0: Cleveland entirely. And Yandi Diaz, second half, one hundred twenty-three WRC plus. That's pretty good. That's he still stuck. He only stuck out sixty percent of the time. Walked thirteen. So that's that's not entirely out of the realm of possibly, or maybe a little less, obviously, but. He's always going to have a high on base percentage. And if he can play third base the way we've seen him play, which is not awful, I don't think that's a horrible, especially if Jason Kitness can't play in the outfield effectively and he can't, he's not a great second baseman. He never really was. And then if his bat doesn't come back, he keeps getting injured. It's not, I don't think Diaz over there is the worst possible thing in having Jose at second. Um, But I don't agree with him being out of Cleveland entirely. I think they will find a place for him, assuming his bat can't come back. Uh, Everybody always just throws out first base. If Carlos doesn't come back, Do you see either him or Brantley maybe sliding over there. It's just, I think people always see first base as the one you can just dump anybody off, which I guess is sort of what happens, but I've never really seen Kitmas as a first baseman. I've, I guess it's been suggested a lot that Brantley can move over there, but I've never seen the Indians show any interest in that. So I don't know if, if nobody leaves, if they keep Santana and Brantley, it's going to be hard to find a place for Kitmas, but I think they will one way or the other.
1: Jason Kipnis is a better baseball player than Urshela or Diaz. So if the roster stays where it is and the outfield spots are filled, Jason Kipnis should be starting at second base and Diaz and Urshela should not be starting.
0: Yeah, I guess that's not terrible. Because I guess overall he is. I just think there's a chance that Diaz could be better within like a really short amount of time. It could even be like next year. Because I do think Kipnis is falling off faster than we'd probably like him to. I mean, this was a really rough season, and he's getting older. He's how much more does he have on his contract? He still has a little bit, but I don't, I just still don't believe in Jason Kipnis long term at this point. <laughs> but was... I don't,
1: I mean, I, I agree with you. He's getting older. I mean, I, I, I can't argue that.
0: <laughs> Time yeah. is happening,
1: but like, you're talking about how rough his season was. And his offensive numbers were the same as Yandy Diaz's, so like I don't, I don't, I'm just not sure why Kipnis, who has been good in the major leagues, is is written off, and Yandy Diaz is just assumed to be a better option when the best we've seen of Yandy Diaz was his 180 plate appearances this year, in which his offense was comparable to Jason Kipnis in his really rough year. I I just, I feel like there's this like. Rush to look for something shiny and new that I don't think we really have a major league track record to think it's going to be any better. I think Kipnis bounces back, and he's not going to be an all-star ever again, I don't think. But uh, I would I would bet on him putting up better numbers overall than Urshala or Diaz next year.
0: That's fair. I think we can all agree, though, that Rafa Nieves, Rafa Nieves did a really stupid thing. <laughs> he deleted it shortly after, and yes. that just seems like the thing you say, like to your other agent friends, like you look at it and you show them the article and say, this these to trade him to Toronto?" <laughs> but you don't tweet that. That was that was really dumb. Sort of a related question um, at Klee Owl Bears. He wants to know if we don't keep Brantley, who we might aim for internally or externally to replace. We'll talk about more roster stuff next year, but I figured we can at least sort of give an idea on maybe what the Indians could do to replace Brantley if they don't bring him back um, I think probably next week we'll get into debating if they should bring him back but let's just assume for now they don't is it kind of a thing where you you just throw I don't think you throw kitness out there but I guess maybe go for Jay Bruce again you just kind of work with Greg Allen and Bradley Zimmer but do you see the Indians if Bradley if Michael Brantley doesn't come back do you see them going somewhere internally to get something else or just something internal
1: no, I think if Brantley's not back, the left fielder is someone who's in the organization right now. Uh, whether that's bringing Jay Bruce back for less money than he's been making, although I don't mean as many home runs as he hit this year, he might be pricing himself out of the Indians. Uh, what I expect to be relatively modest budget this off season. The Indians aren't going to make a big. They're not signing an Edwin Encarnacion this off season, uh, so. I think whoever it is, it's someone we've seen before.
0: Yeah, I agree. If they're not going to pay Michael Brantley 11 million dollars, they're going to find it yeah, you know, it would have to be somebody internal. I think they're going to find somebody better than what you could potentially get from Michael Brantley for that money. So if they do let him go, I think it's just somebody inside the organization that they love and want to see get more playing time over there. So our last question, our uh, last thing we'll talk about here is a very important topic. Um, very baseball-related. Very uh, important here. Match Schlichting on Facebook, our own writer, Match Schlichting. He wanted to know which player on the team would be most likely to win the dunk contest. Now, this is a very important question, but I wanted to answer it. Or I wanted your answer, too, obviously. But who do you think would be the most creative? And if anybody can even dunk on this team, but <laughs> assuming they could, who would win the dunk contest if there was one? Uh,
1: if we lower the rim to, to nine feet for them... <laughs> um... I don't know Lindor gets some pretty good air on the celebratory jumping high fives uh and, and he's obviously got a lot of charisma so in reality I'm sure there's some guy in the 40-man roster who I'm not thinking of but uh of guys that would come to mind to most Indians fans quickly uh I think it'd be Lindor
0: I think it would be um I'd want it to be Jose Ramirez like the equivalent of who's that really short player that won a few years ago I tried to look him up. He played for the Celtics and the Knicks and then Nate Robinson. Yeah. That's the one. Nate Robinson. He'd be like our Nate Robinson. I'd, I'd want him to do something with like his helmet flies off and he dunks or something, but I was going to say Spud Webb. And then I remembered you weren't born. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen, grandpa, the one that was recenter, recenter, more recent. Um, but yeah, my vote would be Jose. Assuming he can I even dunk, it'd be Jose Ramirez. Um, I would think Bradley Zimmer could probably dunk. He's a tall, lanky guy. Anyway, you know, he can get a bunch of speed and jump up there and dunk. Um, So the other part of this question, not really part of this question, but would there ever be anything you think the baseball could do that's like the NBA dunk contest where baseball players could like show how creative they can be with something baseball related? Because I know the dunk contest is kind of wearing thin for a lot of people, but it's a neat idea to be able to do something that you can do while you're playing baseball and also be really creative at it. I tried to think of something before we went on, but I can't think of anything really. I guess like, bat flip competition <laughs> i don't know but i think that comes to yeah, mind for I you
1: I feel like the skills in baseball lend themselves to that kind of creativity very well i mean i think they could certainly do skills competitions uh you know like outfielder throwing contests and stuff like that um but there's creativity doesn't really jump out at me when i think about baseball plays yeah
0: oh, I'll go back I guess, to, oh go ahead. it's more
1: instinctual and stuff like that so you're not really like planning ahead of time what you're going to do
0: yeah it's not i think backflip is like or maybe like flipping the ball on a ground ball like see how creative you can do it behind your back or whatever but yeah nothing that would be even close um going back to kick, kick kipnis for one second um, j11 in the comments let's go tribes j11 he said kipnis makes 12 million more in 2018 than her shell and diaz combined yes he's clearly the better of the three but is he 12 million dollars better so I guess if you want to bring money into it. It would it be worth not getting because if would you want to free up the 12 million and take the hit that you take for putting in Diaz or shallow over Kipness or is it worth it just to keep him and the 12 million and not be as flexible in the off season? Uh
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a fair point. I still feel like I would stick with Kipness if only like I mean at that point it sounds like Jay saying as a salary dump. Uh, just to free up the money. And I guess I'm not at the point where I'm willing to to view Kipnis that way. Um, And I I don't anticipate they'd get much back for him either. Um, But I guess given that I'm talking about limited off-season spending, um, you know, freeing up the money is valid. Uh, I guess then, I mean, now we're into me trying to figure out what free agents are out there. So, I guess we need to revisit this next week once yeah. I've looked at who the, the possible options would be.
0: Yeah, because you're not uh, in money and not knowing who you're buying with it. That's kind of not smart. Because
1: <laughs> I guess what that brings me back to is what I'm really saying is I don't think Ursella or Diaz is a major league starter right now. And so, uh, Kipnis, I think, can be. Uh, but Jay's right. There, there, there could very well be a better use of that additional $13 million.
0: So, Jason, what are you doing this offseason uh, to keep away from baseball? Oh, no, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't have anything. I'm, I'm not keeping away from baseball. I know you've been tweeting yeah. about hockey, but uh,
1: baseball still happening. So, I you can let you know ever. what do I'm doing to stay away from baseball.
0: <laughs> I, I'm pathetic and didn't watch last, last night's World Series. I will watch everyone from now on because of their elimination games no matter what. and I will, watch, I will watch elimination games of literally anything, but after that, it's hockey for me. In the winter, that's always been the winter. I don't like basketball or football, but any other sports that you watch, really?
1: No, not anymore. I mean, when I, you know, I used to watch everything. Uh, I don't watch. I don't watch any regular season sports except for baseball
0: anymore. Fair enough. Uh, so next week, we're going to talk. We're we'll probably getting into more roster stuff. The World Series will be over by that point, so we will be in full offseason. What the Indians should do, what they've done, kind of mode. So until then, we'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, to the round that have taking you